Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Water Ball Lake podcast, episode 33. Um, I am Gary and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Anthony Watson. How are you, Anthony? Yeah, good, Gary. Um, funnily enough, 33 is my lucky number, so that's good. Isn't it? So also the squad number, Julie Walker, for a, a, a long uh, exactly time. That's my favourite number. <laughs> who you were compared to at one point. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, well, what we had the same head of hair, apparently, so. <laughs> what a Sunderland legend he was. And was. Uh, we are joined as well by Lucy Ford from Her Game 2, uh, coming back to the pod to discuss uh, the PDC Championship. How are you, Lucy? Hey, yes, I'm good, thank you. I'm very excited for the darts. Only seven days to go. Yep, definitely. Um, it's like a, what an eight, nine-day tournament as well, just around Christmas time, which should be very oh, entertaining. Uh, a little like, bit longer than that. Three weeks yeah, or something, Gary, yeah. Weeks, it, it finishes on New Year's Day. And it ends on the 3rd of January. Yeah. Right, I thought it was uh, shorter than that. I didn't realise that. That's my bad. But uh, yeah, well, uh, and I'll let you take it away in regards to the darts, mate. Yeah, yeah, certainly, yeah. Um, obviously, it's for me. It's like the last and one of the best tournaments of the year. To be honest, there's, there's always there's always friction. There's always you know, there's never like a dull game. I think Lucy, you know, there's always there's always something to talk about, isn't there, with, with the PDC. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I looked at the schedule this year, and even like the afternoon games, I still, I would say, a well-known darts player playing on every day. So for me, I mean, benefits are working from home, like everyone will be now. Um, I will be. Well, not everybody, but people that do work from home. I've been working from home the whole time. Um, it means I can watch the darts every day, so I'm very happy about that. I mean, <laughs> I won't tell my boss this because if he hears this, I'll get in trouble. But yeah, I do. I, I mean, it, it kind of it make the afternoon pass a lot quicker when I'm working. Yeah, um, yeah, mean... it's it's a really good tournament. I've been watching it since probably like 15. Um, with my dad on TV, I just one day he was watching it. I was like, oh, what's this? It's all darts. I just loved it. I was hooked instantly. Just the atmosphere and everything about it. It, yeah, and, and for me, it just makes Christmas. It's it's like the build up to Christmas that everybody needs. It is, and there's always like someone wearing like a really funny outfit and everything like that. You know, it's a it's it's a really good kind of like just to switch off. I think you know, a sport where you can just switch off and just enjoy. I think you know, I mean, I've played darts at the club level. I'm, I'm I'm absolutely awful at it, but it's one of the I think it's one of the sports that involves that. I think. I aspire to be perfect at it, and I think you've got to be, haven't you? You know, to stand up there with. I mean, to be honest, the crowd aren't really watching it that much. Either. They're all quite, they're all drunk, um, and you know, talking to the talking to the um, you know, singing to the tables and singing to the the, the crowd and everything like that. To to kind of like plug that out of your head, get that out and, and focus on it in a really small segment of of a dartboard. Probably takes quite a lot of mental strength, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, some of the darts players, Mervyn King definitely wears earplugs. So he'll come on and stick the earplugs in so mm. you can fully block out the noise. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, the atmosphere, I've, I've, I've been very, very fortunate. I've been to Ali Pali twice. Um, last time was 2019, 2020. Um, yeah, and yeah, it is probably like the best, best atmosphere of any kind of tournament that I've been to. It's just, like you said, yeah. Everyone is dressed up or drunk, but it is, it's just a lot of fun and it's just a really, really friendly atmosphere about it. And, you know, it's, it is kind of like football chance, but not because we see everyone's drinking and having fun. But yeah, um, I think this year, especially with, 
you know, Van Gogh not winning a major title, he'll mm. definitely be out for winning it. But, yeah, I mean, we could probably talk about who we think might be good, who might be slipping up. But, yeah, I think this year as well, obviously, Darts is on TV pretty much all the time now, either ITV or Sky. There's been some real real players coming through. Mm, there has, there has, yeah. I mean, the first night, you're looking at, um, you know, Ricky Evans, who I think he's a former world youth champion. Uh, so, you know, he can throw a dart. He's called Rapid Ricky Evans. He, uh, that game won't last long. And then you've got... <laughs> former, no, won't last long at all, will it? Um, then you've got former two-time world champion, Adrian Lewis. Uh, he's up against uh, Matt Campbell, uh, which I think could be a surprise in that one, to be honest, because Matt Campbell's a good dart player. And then uh, following the night off, uh, Richie Woodhouse and Lee Hao Wen, um, the winner of that game, they're going to play twice because they've come up against the uh, the current champion and all-around good guy, Gerwin Price. Um, it's funny enough, he was called Gerwin for about five, six years, and then all of a sudden when he started winning things, everyone calls him Gerwin now, doesn't it? It's weird. <laughs> what do you think of, yeah. of Price, to be honest, though, to get your opinions on him? Because he does, he does kind of mix opinions and he's like a bit marmite, isn't he? Yeah, I mean... If you asked me up until, I'd say, a few weeks ago, I'd been like, no, no, he's a pantomime villain, not really into him, he knows what he's doing. But I actually watched a documentary on him on ITV4 recently, and I was really, really surprised. He's actually quite down to earth. I think he's just a bit of a showman on stage, like, you know, puts on this bit of a, like, a brave attitude, like, oh, yeah, likes, like, likes, likes the booze, kind of thrives off it, but actually he's quite quite quiet and um, actually you know it's funny because he's good at all sports he was playing for rugby mm. and i think he scored a try in a final for nice at the millennium stadium and then started playing darts on the side and they were like oh actually this guy's good at darts got on to the i think it's like the pro tour or something like was trying to go through the qualifying q school that's what it is yeah, yeah. And, then, and then and then he got and then people were like oh this he's a good player here and he just kind of got himself up and yeah he's had a few tussles with a few players but i just think yeah i just yeah i think i i wouldn't be surprised if he won it again um mm-hmm. but if you look at his side of the drill if he does get through to the quarterfinals, there's a potential of playing Johnny Clayton. But I do hope Lewis gets through, because if Lewis gets through, he has to play Gary Anderson, and that means a big name is going to go out in round two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair to Adrian Lewis, he's, he's had a bit of a mixed form the last you know few years, to be totally honest with you. He seems to be kind of out on a comeback recently, uh, I know in the in the latest Players' Championship on uh, that was in... Uh, Butlins in my head, he had a really bad argument with Peter Wright, didn't he? Um, yeah. Probably Peter Wright thought he was stamping on a board or putting him off, and he ended up calling Peter Wright a chase. So it would be nice for me if, if if Lewis can go deep in the tournament and play right again. I think that would be quite funny. See what happens there. But I mean, him and Anderson, that's 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 a great. I mean, that's on the second night or third night or something. Yeah, now, that's, that's just mouth watering, isn't it? If if Lewis gets through, I think that's yeah within the first few days. So big big. Big time, like I said, big name. Um, yeah, Ricky Evans. I think I've probably seen Ricky Evans play a couple of times. And yeah, he's a blink and you miss it. He's not mm. like I know he didn't qualify this year, but Justin Pye, if you watch his games, oh my. God. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. And this is going to sound really horrible. It's like a sloth playing. It's like so slow, so slow. And you'd be watching it, and I'm like, oh god. So it was like, has the first leg been done yet? And then you get some players like you blink, and oh, they're all walking off because the set's finished. You're like, how's that happen so quick? 
it's amazing, like, because obviously, I mean, uh, my dad's experience isn't great and it isn't, I'm not going to claim I'm any good at it, I'm awful. But how Ricky Evans, actually, and there's a lot of players like him, you know, there's Vincent Van der Voort who throws very, very quick, Nella Klassen, who I think is in. Um, he, can, he can throw very, very quick. Uh, Michael Van Gerwen, he's, he's a quick thrower. And then you've got, from the, from that end of the scale, you've got, like, Justin Pipe, as you said, and Nancy Sulevich, who are very, very slow throwers, aren't they? And it's like, how can you... It's the ball, they're all doing the same thing. You know, you're basically trying to hit, you know, a, a small thing on the board. And it's amazing how, like, kind of the... Um, Techniques are all different, aren't they? You know what I mean? It's not yeah. not two players all the same, do they? You know what I mean? It's quite uh, it's quite weird that. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing. I think I, I think there was actually a time when Mensa played Justin Pipe in the World Championship, and everyone was going nuts, like, oh no. They're still playing, playing, actually. They're playing. actually still playing. Yeah. Yeah, probably <laughs> are. Oh yes, go. Probably still on Ali Pali stage now. <laughs> um, we'll fast forward to. Um, the evening session on the Thursday, which sees uh, the first lady in action, Ron Mullenkamp versus Lisa Ashton. Now, we'll go on to Fallon Terrick in a minute, because rightfully so, you know, she's uh, grabbing all the headlines. But Lisa Ashton actually has a tour card, and Fallon Terrick doesn't. So, yeah. I mean, it says a lot for Lisa Ashton, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, Lisa Ashton, yeah, she's a little bit older, but she, her and... Um, Dieter Hetterman are such trailblazers in the sport, obviously Fallon as well. Mm. Um, but they were the ones that were on the BDO doing that all the time. I think she's, I'm presuming she's won the World Championship in the BDO a number of times. But her, yeah, she um, and she absolutely deserves to be playing over in the PVC. And I really wouldn't be surprised if she beats Ron. I really wouldn't at all. I mean, both in the, was it, was it 2019 one when Fallon got through? And I think, I don't know if Lisa got through, but she might have lost on the, on the, I think she lost three two actually, but both of them have done done well since they've come over. So yeah, I really won't be surprised. I know these players don't underestimate them now because they they can see they have won games before and they've beaten them before. Yeah, I mean, I, I think she'll beat Romeo and Cam. I think that's far Fallon, um, which will be a great game for Steve B. But we'll go on we'll go on her a little bit more. But I think that's got a, a potential of being one of the best first round games. I think that's a really really good draw. That and uh, well, we'll go on to. Um, I want to talk about a gentleman who was playing on the Friday night. He's playing John Mernon, Paul Lim, sixty eight years of age, man who hit the very first television televised nine data in a world in a world championship. I mean, he just keeps coming back. Lucy, it's mental, isn't it? He's 68 years of age. He's I old mean, enough to be the youngest guy on the on the. It was playing. The youngest guy is 16. He's old enough to be his granddad. It's mental, <laughs> isn't it? It is mad. But Paul Lim just is everything that you love about darts. And you know, when he plays, I remember back in 2019, he played and almost got a nine dart. I think he missed this the final dart for a nine dart, and everyone in Ali Pali was bouncing it we were watching it on the tv and like we were begging for it to go in but yeah paul, paul Lim just sums up everything about darts i don't think it's it's not christmas without paul Lim playing at the darts so i don't know i mean he i would love for him to get through but i just just don't know um but yeah the thing is he keeps coming back i think he's been in i think they said he's qualified for this tournament 26 times in a row yeah yeah he's Ridiculous. had to qualify for the last few years yeah definitely yeah i mean incredible it's mental. Gary, can you see yourself doing anything at 68? Never mind playing darts in front of thousands of people. It's mental, oh, isn't it? It's great. Yeah, I think at 68-year-old, I'll struggle to get in the bath, like, so fair play. <laughs> to be honest, like, 
Um, not no, no, late them. Like, um, I mean, you, you see golfers as well, like playing it like a, a really like old age as well, and I think it's like power to them to be quite honest. Like, um, they can go out and play darts at 67, 68 year old. Um, he's obviously doing it because he's he loves it and he's having a good time with it. Power to him. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I mean, I hope he, I really hope he beats Joe Man. I can't see him beating Joe Man. I think Joe Man's a good little dark player. Um, but it'll be it'll be great for him. Um, we'll go on to um, the Saturday. I think it's the evening um, session where Michael Van Gerwen gets his um, well, not defence, gets his tournament underway. Um, he plays Barstow or Don Norman Junior. I don't really know anything about these two. I must be honest. And I do like me dad, but I'm not heard of these two. But Lucy, you're right. You're right. What you're saying, Michael Van Gerwen, he's dominated the sport, hasn't he, for the last ten years, really? And um, he hasn't won anything for for quite a while. He hasn't won a match for quite a while. So, do you think everyone else has caught up with him, or is it just that he's kind of um, gone off the boil a little bit? Um, I would definitely say he's dipped a little bit, but I do think there's you know there's people coming up. And the thing is, you know, it was in in the kind of like the Taylor Barney era. Taylor was just head and shoulders above the rest, and Barney was was up there with him too. You know, Barney won what was it five five world championships. You know, Taylor won fifteen, sixteen. That will never ever be beaten. We all know that. But he Van Gerwen is a special player. You know, he 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 just excites me every time I watch him play. I, I really like Van Gerwen. But that's the thing. It's I feel like this year more than ever. It's so so open. But I, I, one of my friends actually does a bit of a predictor, and it, you know, you predict everyone the whole way through. And I actually predicted Van Gerwen to get to the final. I mean, I think you know, if he, but then you don't know with the dark. Someone could have a bad day, and you know, you could be playing someone, you know, not um, not a qualifier, but you know, someone who you know might not have the best chance, and they could beat you. So who knows? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I say, his 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 opponents. Um, I must admit, I don't I don't think I've seen them play before. But they'll go there with absolutely nothing to lose, won't they? Whoever wins that game, I'll play me that. And it's all it's all the pressure will be on him. And it's probably the same for for all of the seeds, really. Um, but especially Van Gerwen, you know, cause obviously he's the back, the crowd will be back, so you know he feeds off the crowd a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's up to them just to play the darts, isn't it? Whoever whoever he comes up against. Yeah, that's the thing. I think with those players that are playing someone like Van Gerwen or playing Price, it's about playing your own game, mm. not playing the player. And I think that's kind of, you know, especially that's I think I presume that it's both Chaz and John's first time at Ali Pali. Um and, you know, it is especially if you've got a full crowd there, it's a big occasion. It's a bit like like, you know, you don't expect it. So it, there probably will be a little bit of nerve to both of them, but then because they've got that game behind them, they might they might settle into it. But yeah, I, I mean, Frank Grewal won't, won't wrestle his laurels. He knows that. Mm. Well, we'll fast forward to the um, Sunday. This is Sunday evening session again. Uh, sorry about anyone who's playing on the afternoon sessions, but I'm, I'm going on the more the more the more mouthwater and tires in the evening. I'm afraid. Um, third game on. Um, Steve the Bronze did on his beaten former world champion in the video. Uh, comes up against uh, the Queen of the Palace, Fallon Sherrick. Um, I mean, this year, the last probably the last six months, really, Fallon's just come into her own, hasn't she? She's beaten, she got through um, to a final in one of the European tours, just got beat up Michael Van Gerwen, um, beat Dimitri Vandenberg, beat a lot of players on the way, and then in the Grand Slam of Darts, 
was on a way out, was 4-1 down, um, and goes on to win the last four legs, nails the big fish at the 170, um, and then she gets through to the, I think it was the quarterfinals, wasn't it, when Gioni just lost to Peter Wright. I mean, wow, you know, just amazing, isn't it? What a year she's had. Yeah, I mean, we we all know, like, when Fallon came on the scene um, and she won that first game against Ted Everts, mm. we were, everyone really set up and took notice. They were like, wow, like, this is amazing. And then on the Saturday, she then beat Sulevich and everyone was like, oh, my God, like, this is, like, we were buzzing. And, and obviously then she just lost to Chris Dobie, which was, you know, gutting. But I think she learned a lot from that experience. She didn't qualify for last year's World Championships, but she's got back in this year. Like you said, her and Nisa have had a really good year. And I was looking at her side of the draw because she's on the same side as Gerwin. And, and the thing is, I love to see Beaton as well. You know, he's a proper, proper legend in the jars. But I think if she gets through, I think there's a potential. If she gets through the second from the second round, potential paint girl in now that yeah. would be a really special tie i think she played if she beats beaten she plays price if if price gets through his round then she gets through the second round yeah you're right there sorry that's my fault third round she could play a girl in price which would be phenomenal wouldn't it? it would be like what what a, what a tie that would be but that's a difficult game for that steve beaten he's been around the block Many, many a time. He'll not let he'll not let what Mincia does and let the crowd get to him. And the fact that if, if he get if he see if Fallon takes the first set, I don't think he'll fluster as much as what Mince has done the last twice. You know, you, yeah. you could you could tell it was just getting to Mince all of a sudden, wasn't it? When that'll not happen with Steve Bean. You know, it's a, it's a pretty difficult draw for her, I think. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that wasn't like an easy draw for her. I thought if Mince had come off again, we thought it would go again. But yeah, no. And, but the thing is, you just don't know. Like you said, it is. It's one of those things. Was on the day. I think. She, I mean, Steve Beaton is a popular fellow in the darts, but I think she'll have the support. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she definitely will. She'll have the support. It's. Uh, I just don't think being or let let that kind of pressure get him. He's just like I say. He's been yeah. around. He's been around that that long for me. Um. So do I? I hope she wins. Yeah, I really do. But. I just, just can't, know. you know, when you just can't see it, you know what I mean? I yeah, just, I just think being you, can't, you can't see it, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's the thing. It's it's one of those things where you, you, you actually do want them to get through, or if they were playing mm. separate people, you'd want both of them to get through. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's going to be gotten to see whoever goes out, I think. Mm. Yeah, it's like I can see Lisa beating Ron Newlingham. I can see that happening. It's just, and I should want, I should be able to see Fallon Jones. I don't think Steve Beaton's been in that much for that great a form this year, but yeah. I think he's too bit too wise to let that to let her get to Mind you, if she plays the best game, she'll beat him, you know, hundred percent or she doesn't favour anybody, but it's a it's what for me it's a tie of the first round that. I think that's yeah, a, definitely, definitely gonna be a good tie, I reckon. Yeah. Great game of darts, I'm sure it will be. Um so we're going to the Monday night and the returning legend of the game, five time world champion as you as you pointed out, Raymond Van Barneveld, up against Lawrence Lagan, um or Ilagan. Um now I've seen this lad play a couple of times and this lad's a good darts player. Though Barney hasn't got that easy, but first of all, it's great to see him back, isn't it? And it's good to see him back healthy. I think that's the best thing of all. Yeah, yeah. I mean Barney's a le- like Barney is a proper legend of the sport. When I started watching darts, it was him and Taylor and Whitlock and obviously Lewis won it in that first kind of year, Anderson. And yeah, everyone loves Barney. He's such a, he's such a well-liked person on the tour. Um, obviously, when he retired, I was really gutted 
but I just didn't think it was right. I, I didn't understand it. It just felt like it came out of nowhere. And I think he kind of fell out of love with the sport, took a bit of a break, came back. Obviously, he has had a few health issues. I know he had a bit of a funny turn earlier this year, but I read recently what it was about. So it kind of made sense. It was, um, he had like a family issue, like his dad had a stroke or something. And he wanted to be there and he couldn't, so he had to come play darts. And then apparently he said he, he was out anyway. He was just scoring someone else and just collapsed. Mm. Um, and he said he hadn't would eaten properly or sleeping well. So he said it kind of made sense. But, yeah, the last few months he seemed to have picked up. Um, and, yeah, again, he's going to be someone who's going to have the crowd on his side. Certainly, certainly is. It's, it's, that's another one, that's another highlight of the first round for me, that. Um, I like the way they've kind of changed the format with this, where they've got like round one and it's the guys who are qualified and um, from the from like the bottom 32 or whatever it is. And then they play a seed, so a little bit of that. So you've already got like, got through a difficult game and then you're thinking, oh Christ, I've got a seed now. It's like we said, Lewis and Anderson, if that comes to, comes to fruition, I mean, that's just like, it, instead of seeing, you know, Gary Anderson going up against, you know, a, a guy who's, Know, qualified from from wherever and, and it's a war over Anderson but Anderson's first game could potentially be a two-time world champion I mean he even looked at like you look at uh, Joe Cullen's got a player the winner of Ted Everts and um, Jeff Williams which is that's a that's a mouth-watering second round tie yeah, Colin um, hasn't been in the best form recently. So, no. um, so that's the thing. It's another one that could go either way. And and really, Everts against Smith could go either way because both of them have, you know, I've seen both players play um, and on their day, both of them could win. So, like you said, that like I said, it is mouthwatering because you can't really, I, I couldn't say, oh, you could call it either way. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a 3-2. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll pick another couple of out here. You've got... Um... Rob Cross, he, if he, um, well, no, he's already in the second round, it's got to be the winner of Barney and Lagan. But that, that could be a potential banana skin for Rob Cross, you know, former champion as well. And I think he's got quite a lot of um, quite a lot of money at, at stake of this. I think he loses his um, prize money um, this year if he doesn't get, like, into certain, certain, um, certain um, like, quarterfinal or semifinal, somewhere like that certain position in the tournament. Uh, Kim Hybrecht has got to play the winner of Beaton and Cherry. Uh, Kim Hybrecht on his day is a great player, but he's very, very inconsistent. So there's, there's so many like kind of um, banana skins for the seeds. Um, but what I was going to ask you the next question would be, uh, of of the seeds, of the top 32, do you think that um, a couple of them might drop out in the first, in the first, in their second round, really? Yeah, definitely. Um uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to picture the who's playing who. Um, I would definitely say Rob Cross potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's had a good couple of years. I mean, it's funny because when Rob Cross kind of came on the scene, he, he really was a nobody. He came through fuel school, which he was just on form and he was just beating everyone in front of him. And when he won, it it was really a massive, massive, you know, shock because it wasn't expected. I mean, it's odds before the tournament was something, were they like a couple of thousand to one or something? It was real rank outsider. Yeah, it was The way he won it was amazing. It was kind of like Leicester City winning the Premier League. But since then, it's formed, dropped off. It's the same as like, I'll tell you who I think when it's Glenn Durham. He's really struggling. And I I feel for him because Glenn Durham is such a, I I really like warm to him as a a player, as as a person, you know, came over from the BDO, was it absolutely right to come over? Did really well, got into the... Did he win the Premier League? Well, yes. I think he won the Premier League, was doing well, and then this year his form's just dropped. And 
And I, I sort of read he was playing like a pro tour game, and halfway through he just just said, "I don't, I don't want to do this." Yeah. And pulled out, and his average was like something like seventy, and I just felt really sorry for him. And that like, you don't want any player going through that. So I feel like he's going to struggle. He's not been informed, but I would, I would like him to get through. I want him to do well. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's him or Cross or again. I think the hybrid one's going to be interesting because even if it's Fallon or Steve Beaton, I could see either of them getting through. whoever gets through. I could see giving hybrid a, de- a difficult game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I agree about Glenn Durrant, and, and it is sad. Um, he's, he's from our nipple. Well, actually, he's from Middlesbrough, um, but he has done so much for the for the game as well. You know, like in the BDO as well. I mean, he did so much. He's one of the nicest people you can ever meet. Such a nice bloke. Um, but he got COVID last year, and I think that's what that's what's kind of um, he's never got his form back. He got he got it quite bad as well, and he got long COVID, and just hasn't really hasn't hasn't returned. His form hasn't returned, and you can tell the last couple of times I watched Montelli, he's just he's he's really really struggling. Um, you know, he's not even getting like to above the twenty. You know, they always say if you get above the twenty, you're all right. But when you start dropping, when you start yeah, dropping low. That's when the form's gone. Yeah. And he was dropping and he could come up against Willie O'Connor in the second round and, and O'Connor had a, had a really good um attempt to that was just being on. I, I think he knocked James Wade out. Um so William, I mean William's been pretty impressive and I, I and that's the thing, that's why I thought if if William O'Connor if he gets through, I, I can see him putting out Durham. I, I wouldn't be surprised if him he gets quite um quite into the uh, quite deep into the tournament this year. I, I really wouldn't be surprised. Uh, another one who I think might spring a shock. I think he is a seed and I think will do quite well as uh, Luke Humphreys. I think mm-hmm. he's had a really strong couple of years. I think he got in the, the UK Open players um, UK Open uh, final he lost, yeah. lost to James Wade uh, lost in the semi-finals of the Grand Slam of Darts um, was it the Grand Slam of Darts? He's been, yeah, he's been quite quietly consistent over the last year or so and I win- and he's been he's pushing players so I, I could see him doing well but he's yeah. on, again he's on Van Gerwen's side of the draw. His potential up against Roby John Rodriguez on the second round and that's, that's a good um, a good match between two good young players so that yeah. if Roby John gets to his first round obviously but that, that's uh, that's another mouth water in one. One I can see as well springing up a shot is um, Damon Hedder could be playing um, Luke Woodhouse and uh, Luke Woodhouse is a good player as well yeah. uh, but Brendan Dolan he's up against possibly Callan Ridds and Callan Ridds he's from Newcastle he's a uh, the local lad and he's had a really really good year so I can see that one being a shock um, looking further down um, Chris Dorby could be up against Rusty Jake Rodriguez who's uh, Roby John's brother so it could be it, it, can't wait for it um, well, what we'll go on to now is Lucy is a couple of players who we haven't mentioned who you think could spring uh, a surprise I mean one that really jumps out the pitch me is Ryan Searle who got to the final of the players recently seemingly from when I've been watching that he's always getting deep into tournaments so looks like a player who could who could be springing a, a surprise here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He he's he's quite a quiet character actually. Kind of he's one of those ones who goes under the radar. Like it's a name you recognise, but he's not one that kind of springs out and you think, Oh yeah, he's gonna do well. But yeah, no, fair play to him and the players, he he looked good and so close to being right. I mean it was only at, what was it, eleven ten? It was, yeah. it was only like a leg in it. So, again, another one who, yeah, like you said, could go deep in the tournament. 
Yeah. Um, Michael Smith as well. We haven't even mentioned him yet. And, and you know, he's had a good tournament. He's had a good year, sorry. Um, Dimitri Vandenberg, he, he's got off the boil a little bit, hasn't he? Vandenberg, and uh, he could be up against um, is it Michael Chinner or Martin Chinner in, uh, in the second round. So that could be another another surprise there. But um, so we'll, we'll probably... We'll probably finish off with the darts. We'll, we'll ask, I'll ask you three questions. Is here out of Fallon and Lisa, who do you think will get the furthest? Who who do you think will win the tournament? And three, the um, outsider of the tournament. So I'm going to go Fallon. I'm going to stick my neck out and go Fallon, mm-hmm. even though I think she's potentially got hard harder route in than Lisa does. Um, I just I feel like if she gets her form that she's had over the last six months back in the world championship i think she could do well even if she even if she just gets to play potentially girlman i think that would be a really really good opportunity for her and she and the thing is if if she's playing girlman she knows she's gonna have the crowd on her side uh, even if yeah he is popular popular per se <laughs> you could say um i think my winner is actually someone we haven't mentioned um i put money on him about two months ago didn't get the best odds i think if i got odds at the beginning of the year i would have got really good odds i'm going for johnny clayton Mm. i think he has had an exceptional year he's either been in the final or won it or been very close deep in all the tournaments i think this year and going back from last year winning the world cup with Gerwin, having him alongside him i think has really really helped him Outsider, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go William O'Connor. Actually, mm. I think, I think he's gonna spring a couple of surprises this year. Yeah, I mean, I do. I want to say Fallon. I, 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 as much as I, as much as I want, as much as I want to say Fallon beaten, 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 beaten. Right. <laughs> 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 I think beaten will win, and I'd love to see Fallon win, but. I think, I think Beaton's just got a little bit too much nouse in the minute. So I think I think Lisa will get through. So I think Lisa will get further than Fallon. Um, my winner, I kind of want to say Johnny Clayton as well. But a, a little side note on Johnny Clayton, does he look brilliant for 48 years of age? He's I mean, not no, he's 48. 40, he was younger than that. I thought he was uh, only like 35. No, nah, he's 48. Honestly, I felt young. <laughs> yeah, he's 48 years old. That's uh, my mind. <laughs> a bit of a silver fox, didn't he? <laughs> um, my um, so my winner is I think Van German will win it um, as much as do I like him? Do I like him? I I've, I always go. I have different stages of Van German. At times I love him. At times I can't stand him. At the minute I think I'm all like him. So I'd like to see him win it. Um, to be honest, as long as Peter Wright doesn't win it, because I think Peter Wright <laughs> lately, lately for me is kind of like. I think he's just kind of like acting a bit like a spoiled brat, to be honest. Because I was fully behind what Lewis said in, in the players because Lewis did absolutely nothing wrong. You know, and I know trouble always follows Lewis. Yeah. But he was just throwing his darts. And then you could see, right, like, like looking down and playing with his darts. You can tell he's saying something to him. And I didn't like that. I think yeah. it's because he knew he was losing and losing as a good player. And I didn't like that at all. Um, so sure. I've kind of gone off him. Outside is Stephen Bundin. Oh um, yes, Stephen I Bunton. love this man. I absolutely adore him. Um, I know he's changed his walk on music to want to be, to want to be like uh, taken a bit more seriously. But Stephen, if you do listen to this by some kind of minor miracle, put it back. 
Bob Bird is the word barrels. It was the best entrance uh, ever. It was brilliant. And it was like, he was taking a big hold of himself. I loved it. Um, there, my when I was um, volunteering at Ashton Town, um, the chairman, Mark, actually, he knows Stephen Bunton well, like, been on his table a couple of times watching him. So I'll make sure to tell him to tell him that. But yeah, no, I, I yeah, Stephen, Stephen did very well in the last tournament as well. Didn't he get all the way to the semi final? Yeah, he was semi finals last year. And, and the year before, he was in the quarters, maybe. Oh no, the round of 16. Yeah, yeah. So yeah I, watched, so I watched him play. I, I was actually at that, it was 2019, I was actually at that night. So I watched him play. Um, against, I want to say Gerwin, but I might be wrong. I, I was definitely there, but yeah, can't. It might have been, memory. yeah, it might have yeah. been. I'm sure he had darts to win it as well. Um, I, I think I remember the game now, but when he's on, he's he's one of the best groupers of a dart. Like, Gary, I don't know if you know what group it means, but it's getting like so close together. Um, he's one of the best ones for that, I think. I really, really like him. I love Adrian Lewis as well, so I, I want to see Adrian Lewis just get past Gary Anderson and then see where he goes, you know what I mean? Even though I do like Gary Anderson as well, I'd say it's hard for me, that one, because two of my favourite players are playing each other, but yeah. I'd love to see Lewis just come back, you know. Um, I think that'll be great, but I can't wait for it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's next week. So, yeah, like, like um, so this time next week, it's going to be on. Yeah. But my, I have a tiny question for you. Hmm? My question for you is, will there be a nine-darter? There's got to be. There has to be one. It's been ages. Yeah. And can you imagine... You know, a full crowd, whatever day, even if it's an afternoon session, I think the whole place is just going to erupt. Yeah. The bother is with the nine data, for me now, it, it's, it is harder to do, and I know that the players are better, but it is a lot harder to do because there's more people there. You know what I mean by that? So yeah. there's a lot of, I think there's a lot more pressure on this nine data. Plus, I think if they get one, I think it's a hundred thousand. I think they get yeah, so, they definitely got a bonus for it. Yeah. And, and it has, I can't remember the last one. I've seen, to be honest. Um, I mean, the best one, talk about nine darters, the best one I saw was um, Dean Wynn Stanley when he, he hit one. He, I can't remember who it was against now. He ran off the stage and he was like, what is <laughs> I'd say the best one was when Bangor Wynn did 17 perfect darts mm. in the semi-final and he hit nine darter and then he almost did it again. Like the literally the next leg after. And his average at that point was something like 135. Yeah. <laughs> just to see. And I think I think if he'd done that, I think oh that that they'll never be beaten. But yeah, incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I just can't yeah, like I say, I can't wait for it. It does start. It starts on the fifteenth of December. So it's a week today. Um, so a week the day we'll be sitting down. Um, oh no, we're, we're gonna have to rearrange the quiz, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> not doing it on Wednesday. <laughs> um, I say nice. Ah, uh, no, we're not. <laughs> so, so if you are listening, our quiz might have to be rearranged. Um, anyway, as you can record, it, I suppose. Um, but yeah, Gary, I mean, we're gonna talk about F one now. I think, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and and you know, um. It's come down to the final race between Verstappen and uh, Hamilton, and this is coming from someone who isn't particularly uh, engrossed in Formula One. But you know, it's it's gonna gonna be a massive race because that's gonna decide the world title, isn't it? Um, and like when I saw that uh, Hamilton obviously won, it was was it Saudi was Saudi yeah, was Saudi. last one, yeah. Uh, when he won that, I was like, it really opens up the tournament for you know like the final race and again like i say some from someone who's not invested really in formula when i saw that and i was like oh i'll definitely be watching that on sunday but um 
should be really, really interesting. One thing I've noticed as well about Verstappen, does, do you reckon Verstappen goes to sleep with a face covering on? Because I don't think I've ever seen him take it off. <laughs> I've never noticed that actually. <laughs> Every interview, he's got a face covering on. He's wearing the same polo top with the same cap. Like I'm sure he must just go to bed in, in his clothes or something for the last year. But like, like I like Verstappen. I do really like Verstappen. I think he's a very, very good driver. Um, and I like the rivalry between him, him and Hamilton. Obviously, like you know, and Lucy, you'll, you'll know a lot more about the whole rivalry than I do because you know I follow it in bit part. Like just seeing the highlights on Sky Sports and stuff, but. Definitely got an interest in Sunday's uh, race. Like, definitely see who's going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been. It's been a cracking uh, championship this year. And it kind of threatened to be last year, but I think Red Bull just didn't have the pace to, to cope with Lewis Hamilton. But you know, Max was winning, was winning races, and probably winning races he shouldn't have won really. But this year, he's just been. He's just took it to another level. I mean, these two are the best drivers by country mile. You know, oh, like. 100%. Every time, the, every race that they're having, they're, they're ahead by 10, 13 seconds. I mean, they're both just, both just phenomenal racing drivers. Um, you know, it's, for me, it's been, it's kind of, it's kind of been a little bit tainted the last couple of races because obviously what happened on Sunday, obviously Max has, I don't know, Max has been a bit naughty on, on Sunday, even though I think Lewis has got away with a fair bit as well. Um, but, it was inevitable they were going to collide, you know, and they've collided more than once this year. They did at Silverstone where, you know, Lewis forced Max off the track, Max happened the hospital. Um, I think it was Spain when when uh, Max's car landed on top of Lewis's. Um, so they knocked them both out. But um, Sunday it seemed a little bit more personal. Lucy, I don't know what you think about that, but it just seemed yeah, more personal I mean... on Sunday. I don't know if I like that or not. I mean, yeah, it's, it's difficult because, like, I'll put my hands up and say I am a huge Verstappen fan um, and have been for a number of years. But yeah, I mean, this is the thing. What I, every driver won, and I I just happened to switch over before the F1 and there'd been quite a serious incident with the F2 drivers. It was a really mm-hmm. horrible, horrible crash. Um, thankfully, both drivers are okay. They had a few cuts and bruises and um, bumps, but they're thankfully okay. And going into that race i was thinking you know this track isn't you know there have been really bad crashes all weekend i was just like let's just have a a clean race there probably will be crashes but you know no one to get hurt let's just drive your best and just see what happens and yeah obviously there was a few instances here there and everywhere not just with those two with other drivers Mm. and and yeah and and it was difficult because i felt like Verstappen started well, like getting past Lewis, which is fine. And then when they started forcing each other off the track and going into each other, I was just like, not today. I'm like, you know, I want, obviously, I want Verstappen to win it, but I want it to be fair. Yeah. And it just felt a bit iffy for me. Um, and and that's the thing, like, and, and you know, they're going back and forth between, you know, Toto's going nuts. Uh, um, you know, Christian Horner, Christian Horner is going nuts at Toto. And yeah, and I think, you know, Verstappen was really angry that he lost the race. And that's the thing, it's level pegging now. So on, on Sunday, what well, whole weekend, it's going to be who holds their nerve, really. Yeah. Because um, obviously, you've got to get through qualifying and then the race. Um, I know, I feel like Hamilton may have the calmness edge about him. 
and that's the thing he's won the last three races technically he's got the form but i i hope that verstappen holds his nerve because i do want to see a different winner um and yeah and i think verstappen will win multiple championships even if he doesn't win tomorrow um sunday sorry um i do think he, you know, he's getting close. He's only what twenty three, and Hamilton's in his thirties. Mm. So Hamilton knows that he he probably is coming to the end of his career. I know he's extended his career at Mercedes, and him and Russell will be a good partnership next year. I mean, I really like really like George. I think George will be up there. Um, hopefully, in the next couple of years, you've got Lando as well at McLaren. You've got Charles Leclerc at Ferrari, and I think the next few years in F one will be really really good i think there's some really really good young drivers out there um obviously we haven't even talked about mick schumacher i know he has got the best car but you know he's a good young driver everyone knows who his dad is um and i really want him to do well because of that as well but yeah i mean <laughs> roundabout way to say i hope that wins i i think what all fans would want is a good kind of clean race and whoever wins i hope it's more fair and square not points not, not a penalty or not mm. a crashing out i just want it to be like good hard racing and let the best driver win yeah i mean personally as long as i mean for me i think they'll be starting first and second on the grid you know whoever whoever gets paul i think will win the race and win the world championship but i just hope it's not like a first lap kind of collision where you know one of them knocks the other one off the track which be honest, I Lewis can't do that because he'll lose he'll lose a title there on there on most race wins. So uh, I don't really want Max to do that. You know, what yeah, I, mean? I don't. That's the one thing I don't want. I don't want them to crash out into each other. Like, I mean, if if they're driving and an instant like a genuine race and an instant happens, mm-hmm. and you know, for for example, I know there's a big pile up at the back and everyone comes crashing through. Not saying God, I don't want that to happen, and they were taken out that way. That's mm-hmm. a bit different like Mazepin probably will try and take somebody out um like or like when he's lapped or something but yeah we don't we don't want that I don't think any of the drivers want that it's been such a good season Mm. it's been up up and down for both drivers and I think we want it to come to the best conclusion possible but in the best way I think both drivers know they've given everything and it's been a really really good race and I'm sure whoever doesn't when whether it's Max or whether it's Lewis, both will be gutted if they whoever loses. Mm. But I think, like like we said, I think we just want it to be a really good race. Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I'm 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 in no camp as well. I, I really really like Max Verstappen. The last couple of races, I've it's I, I have been like, no, you you're talking cobblers to be honest. But uh, I think over the course of the season, he's won the most races, so I think he he's got the the right to win it. But so if Lewis Hamilton wins it, he'd be the greatest. Well, technically the greatest of all time. Um, would I put him there? Been a Formula One fan for as long as I have been. I mean, I've never watched Formula One. I was watching when Senna died. You know what I mean? That was a long, long time ago. But I prefer Schumacher. You know what? To be honest, I even prefer the likes of Fernando Alonso, even though he hasn't won as many world titles. I think he's been technically the best driver I've seen. So. I can't find I kind of find it hard to put as much as Hamilton's a terrific, terrific racing driver. I find it hard to put him in that elite category mm. because stuff he says and stuff he does off off the track and things like that. I think he's kind of a little bit of a spoiled brat sometimes, which you know all of them have the tendency to do that. But sometimes it's just it's like on Sunday when when um when that when I think when Matt Brake let him pass and then they hit each other. 
and he's like going, oh, he's dangerous, he's this, he's dangerous, that, and, and Hamilton's done that before. So it's like, yeah. you know, I don't I, throw stones. I genuinely, I felt watching it, I think Max was told he's going to have to go past you, and he was like, that's fine, broke. Mm. And Lewis wasn't obviously told that you could go past, and he went into him. And that thing, people were like, oh, no, he broke, he, he deliberately broke, he deliberately broke. But in my my pad when i watched it you could hear the guys on the radio saying yeah, yeah. max you're gonna have to let him pass him him. so he was like right that's fine broke and if lewis's team hadn't you know hadn't said that to him at that point then max technically didn't do anything wrong he moved over so i don't know but the thing is that race is done now and it is literally on to this weekend which will be like we said it's gonna be a it's gonna be a massive weekend i think whatever happens it's gonna be huge yeah, it will be, and I think for for both for both sides, it means if Max wins, and then it's obviously the changing of the guard. I would say because I don't think Lewis would win. I don't think Lewis would win the next year anyway. I think this is Lewis's chance to win it, like to be you know the greatest ever. And this is his chance. And to be honest, I know he has signed another contract, but I wouldn't be shocked if he retires after Sunday if he wins it. I really wouldn't be yeah, shocked. Yeah, I, I think that as well. I think if he gets to eight, I think he'll say enough's enough. Mm-hmm. But... And and for me, there's a reason why Antonio Giovinazzi hasn't got a drive yet. He's one of the. He's a very, very underrated driver. Hasn't got a drive next year. And I think they're kind of waiting. That, that's my kind of little. You reckon? Little, you know, well, yeah. they've got Russell in there, and I, I think, I obviously Russell is still really young. But say if, say if Hamilton retires and they get Joe Nazi, I wouldn't be surprised if they put Russell as number one driver because when he drove last year, when Lewis was ill, because obviously he was yeah. a reserve driver at Mercedes, you could tell what he could do in that car. You, yeah. you could tell. And the only reason why you did not win that race was because Mercedes messed up on the pit yeah. stop and everybody was gutted. I'm mm. not the biggest Mercedes fan, but I was gutted for him because I yeah. like him as a driver. I like him a lot as well. And, and I, I think he's someone that you like really warm to. Um, but yeah, like you said, like, I think next few years is going to be really interesting. I think Max is going to be up there. But I do think there are other drivers. Like I said, the you know the young ones coming through, I think the next five, ten years. I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see how the sport evolves. And mm, yeah. the Drive to Survive series, what is it, three, four? It's going to be an absolute belter, I'll tell you that now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah the lead driver's one, isn't it? Yeah, because it's yeah. a Netflix series. They um, are, yeah. One of the best things. I mean, if anyone hasn't watched it and they're not into Formula One or if they are a little bit, watch it. I can binge watch all three series in yeah. like a couple of days. It's brilliant. It's And it, the thing is, it gives you a real behind-the-scenes kind of view into the teams um, and you get, like, insight, a little bit more insight into, it, like, all the different teams, even teams you might not, like, when it was Renault and, like, Haas and stuff. And, you know, you don't really hear too much about them because... Well, Hass are usually 19th and 20th on the grid, but um, yeah, but it's, it's really good. I definitely recommend it to anybody. Um, I've, I've um, got a little side, so sorry, sorry, guys, very quickly, and then I'll let you say, well, maybe just a very, very side story about Haas. Do you know who was in charge of Haas for a brief period? Uh, oh, no, not, not I was gonna say, not Stuart Donald, surely. No, 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 but Gary will know. <laughs> Are you on about William's story by any chance? William's story, yeah. He tried to take over Sunderland and didn't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 was, uh, he was a joke. Yeah. yeah. So what were you saying there, mate? Sorry. I was just going to say, like, from obviously the casual side of things, um, like the Drive to Survive uh, Netflix documentary, uh, something I've been meaning to watch for, like, ages, just not got round to it. It's, it's, 
like them kind of things. It's like the you know the all and often Spurs, Juventus, Man City, some until I die. I find all of those like really really interesting to see what goes on like behind the scenes. So definitely will be like trying to watch that at some point. Like, mm, yeah, I, yeah, it, it's it's great to have to be totally honest. We have watched a little bit of that. Um, yeah, it is great. And the thing is, like I say, F one. I know where people go on. It's just it's just driving around and saying one of the best cars, but it is really. I've watched it since I was since I can remember. I watched it. Yeah. So you know, I've always been like a, a huge fan of it, and um, I just I would really really like to see um any a, a George Russell next year to win the title. I must admit. Yeah. I mean, um, when I remember when them. Button won it, and Button yeah. was a crappy car for years. And one button won it. It was just amazing. It was just like, oh my god, like he's finally won. And there's always a race that sticks in my head. I want to say it was Canada, and it was raining, and the game was, um, the race was kind of stopped for a bit. And he ended up being back of the grid, and he ended up. So they restarted the race out, like re- like stopped suspending it and carried on. And he went from back of the grid to the front of the grid, and he won. Mm. I don't know if you remember that one. It was a way so, yeah, ago. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that race always sticks in my head. Yeah, he's, he's a, he was actually a really, really good racing driver, but he just had a bad car, and then, like you say, he won it, and, you know, and even even that car he had wasn't the best of cars, it was just to put a hell of an engine in for the first, I think it was like the first six, seven races that had the best engine, and then they couldn't put any, they couldn't make any adaptations to it, and all the best, all the best, all the other, like the Ferraris, and, you know, I think it was, I think it was Mercedes at the time, were keeping on, you know, like, Changing the engine, changing this, and they had the same engine all the way through. And he won on the last race, didn't he? Because because all of them caught him. I think it was Vettel who was catching him up, and um, Alonso, he was catching him up as well. And, and but what it was, it was an amazing. Uh, that was a great championship. That I must admit, it was yeah. uh, a while ago now, though. But yeah, it was, it was great. But yeah, um, I did, like I say, I, I agree. I just hope it's a nice, clean race on Sunday. The best man wins, and. No, yeah, hopefully, and as saying that as an Englishman, hopefully it's that match for me. But on the other yeah, side, I'm of not going to be upset if, if Lewis wins because yeah, they've they've both been great. That's the thing. I think if it was any other year, like it, it is going to go, it's going to be one of those ones. It's going to go either way, and and like we said, they are the best two drivers out there right now, way above everyone else. So if it's Lewis this year, if it's Max this year, yeah, it's going to be what it will be. Yeah, just one last question on F1 as well. It's kind of regarding like her game two thing as well. Do you think we'll ever see a, a female Formula One racing driver? I know we've been close a couple of times, haven't we? But it's not quite. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason why not. I think, you know, I don't really. Obviously, I, I kind of know F2 a little bit. I've heard like a couple of drivers' names that have come through. We'll see mm-hmm. Nick and Mazepin and Sonoda. I think there's a guy called Zhao who's coming through. I can't, I think I can't remember what team he's going to. Um, and I. But there didn't seem to be any kind of uh, female drivers in there at the mm. moment. But there's no reason why not. I just think that's the thing. Yeah, there's, there's no reason why not. I think yeah. there's every chance. I think eventually it'll happen. I really, I really do. And it came close. There was a, I think it was William had had a female, and she was like the reserve driver, and she got in a really bad accident, lost her eye, and I think oh, she's actually yes, passed away yes. since. I remember that now. Um, yeah. The name eludes me. Yeah, yeah, I know the one that you mean. I think she was probably the probably the closest chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Well, so we'll we'll move on to another topic, Gary. We'll learn about FA Cup third round, do you reckon? I definitely. Uh, draw was made a couple of days ago. Am I right in saying that? Monday. Monday. Monday yeah, yeah. Cool. I um no, I mean there's some kind of decent ties in there. Obviously, the team we just beat five 0 last night. Absolutely demolished them. Although they could have had two goals, to be fair, like. 
Um, because we still do look pretty shaky at the back. They've got Spurs. Um, mm. Spurs. Um, you know they've got a couple of players down with COVID at the moment. Um, obviously in a transition phase with Conte, so that could be an interesting game. That I, I can't. Uh, I know you're saying there, Morton could have. Morton probably could have had a couple of goals, but they're up against a makeshift defence, and someone could have had eight or nine on another day. Morton, I thought yesterday were very poor, and if more, it depends what team Tottenham put out. If if Tottenham pull. Because Conte takes the cup seriously, doesn't he? The, a lot of the Italians seem to do that. You know, I know yeah. Spanish or Pep does it as well. But a lot of the Italians take the cup very, very seriously. So if, if Tottenham put anywhere close to it, you know, the, the best side out, it'll be a, it'll be a little bit, bit one sided, I think, for that one. Um, yeah. The one that struck me was uh, obviously Chelsea and Chesterfield. You know, I'm over the moon Chesterfield have got that, that draw. I think it's, it's one of them ones where. And you're like when you're a non-league side, it's one of them dream ones, isn't it, Lucy? Like Chelsea, where they'll get they'll get half the attendance money, they'll get television money because that'll be on telly. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's that thing, a tie like that deserves to be on TV, and Chesterfield deserves to have their, you know. So those fans, it's going to be a great experience for them. I mean, we, I was gutted because I couldn't go because I was on a flight to Ireland, but we played Chelsea in the League Cup. Uh, about four years ago and we took 4,000 out um, on August and we weren't on TV uh, but we pushed them close we lost 3-2 um, but I think like Hud scored that day but why he scored um, two for for Chelsea but yeah and I remember how, how seeing the videos and how incredible the atmosphere was and even Chelsea were like you know another day they could have got an equaliser and could have gone to penalties and extra time but just one of those things, but I, I obviously I I expect Chelsea, even if they don't put out the strongest team, mm. be more than enough for Chesterfield. Yeah, is there any is there a, is there anything that looks on paper where you think that could be a shock? I mean, the one that stands out for me, and it, it's not like a third division versus Premier League side. It's Forest Arsenal. It's like Forest have been on a really really good run recently. They they've got a new manager. I think it's Steve Cooper, isn't it? The new manager of Forest, and they're on a really really good run, very good at home, and Arsenal are poor away. So that yeah. one for me, I think, is a really good, like a really, really good uh, chance for an upset there. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a really, really, yeah, like you said, it's a really good chance for an upset. Um, trying to think who else is in the draw. That's, I think, um, I well, if they hadn't lost their manager yesterday, I would have said perhaps um, Plymouth at Birmingham. Mm. Plymouth quite decent, but obviously with um, with their manager leaving to go to Preston, don't. Don't think that'll be uh, going that way. Uh, we we've got a uh, Peterborough away, so I don't think you know. For, I mean, their fans were like, "Oh, I think you're gonna you're gonna win." I was like, "Oh, in a minute." I was like, I "Don't think so." Um, but yeah, there's there's always gonna be an upset. It might be a team that you know you might maybe it'd be Philip, <laughs> but yeah, that'd be quite. That'd wouldn't be, be shocked at all. That would that wouldn't be a shock. But I mean, same league as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, uh, maybe Hull, Everton, Hull, yeah. Everton. Everton yeah. have been a bit iffy of late as well. I know they won on Monday from a very good Damari Gray goal. But, yeah, I mean, I was glad because um, Man City are away at Swindon. I was like, oh, I wish that could have been us. What about <laughs> Swansea uh, Southampton? I mean, you know, when you, you, you know, when you get to the third round and you see the ties in there, you think, oh... You know, you want you want the big times. You want the Man U away. You want the Man City away. Liverpool, Everton, Arsenal... Mm. And then we got Peterborough. And I was like, it's the ground I've been to before. And I was a bit like, oh, got all It is way. a little bit demoralising, isn't it? And because we're in the same boat, really. We're earning, we're earning the FA Cup this year. We're, you know, we thought <laughs> the League Cup was too much excitement. Um, but, like, 
I, as much as because I think it's different being a Sunderland fan than as, as, as a City Rovers uh, fan, sorry, because obviously we're used to playing, we've been used to playing, you know, the Manchester United, Chelsea, this and the other. But we've got Arsenal in a couple of weeks um, in the League Cup, and I can't wait for that. You know, because yeah, it's mean, like, you know, it's it, it's going to be on telly, you know, so hopefully, you know, there's a decent side get put out and stuff like that. But, you know, we've got 5,000 fans going down, we've sold it out, it's on Tuesday night before Christmas. So, hands, uh, you know, brilliant, brilliant work yeah. by the Sunderland fans to go down there. But, like, on this third round, I would have wanted the Premier League size. You know, if yeah. we've got Edinburgh away, I, I rightly see what you're saying as much, you know, and absolutely no, you know, um, disrespect to Peterborough, but, it's a game where you're looking at it thinking we're more than likely gonna lose. We're favourites to lose. And you're looking at it, it's a bit of a nothing game, you know, a bit of a throwaway game. Um, you know, where as you know, say Arsenal away, Villa away, even you know, a yeah, nice way you go have a weekend away. away. I think yeah. any Premier League team away, uh, you would have taken. I think. Yeah. Um, because you know it might be an opportunity to do a new ground, go mm. somewhere else for a weekend, and yeah. So when I saw that one, it was a bit like. You kind of had a bit of a sigh, um, yeah. Because I, I, we were still in the same, we were still in the draw when, when uh, Newcastle got Cambridge at home. I was gutted because I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, please, I don't want to do another weekend in Newcastle. But <laughs> it's what it is. It's what it is. And you never know. The thing is with that, it's they're not obviously. Yes, they went up from League One last year, but you never know. It might, we might spring a shock. They're, mm. they're, they've not been they've been a bit iffy with form see Johnson Clark Harris used to play for us plays for them now I expect he'll probably score um, but yeah just one of those ones you never know you never know yeah Gary is there any, anywhere else in the draw like yet where you're looking at it could be a shot I reckon Swansea Southampton. Um, I think Swansea mm. put Southampton out. Yeah. I think you know when we did the podcast and we did our predictions for who's going to win the league, who's potentially going to go down. I said Southampton are really going to struggle this season. And I like Ralph Hasenholton. I think he he is a good manager, but you know Adam Armstrong isn't getting the goals, and I think he was brought in to you know get the goals, which Danny Ings was scoring. Obviously, he's went to Villa now. I don't think it's working out right now for them. Um, Swansea have. A lot of good players. Really like uh, Matt Grimes in centre mid. I, I think he's a really good player. Um, you know, and they've got a great youth set up as well. Um, I really do think they can spring a surprise and knock Southampton out. Yeah, there's there's two for me. Like I said, I think Forest, bar the Forest Arsenal one, uh, which comes off the page, to be honest with you. But another two that I'm just looking at now Kidderminster Harriers versus Redden. Because I think Redden, uh, Redden, I think they're at the bottom ish. Of uh, the championship because I had points deductions. I think they'll want to, they'll just want the game out of the way and maybe put a reserve side out. And Kidderminster will have absolutely nothing to fear. Um, so I would like to see that happen. And Mansfield versus Barra. I think Mansfield knocked Sunderland out. So why not knock another North East side out? So that's the other two for me. But it's one of the best, like, kind of. I think we'll, I think we'll start with this, Gary, when we, when we get back. To be honest, um, about the effort because it's very early on in January, but it's one of the best days of the season, I think. Even though we're not in it, I'll be, yeah. I'll be, I'll be keeping an eye out for it. Like I love the FA Cup third round. Yeah, I, I mean, I love the FA Cup anyway. I mean, that game against Oxford, that replay, that's it was one of probably one of the best moments I've had watching Rovers in a long, long mm. time. Just because, obviously, at halftime, extra time, I, I, to, to put it into context, Rovers had drawn 2-2 at Oxford uh, with a late penalty. Um, our former player, Taylor, scores. Uh, he's gone to Bristol City. We don't need to talk about that. Um, 
obviously played at home. <laughs> we went, something. Oh yeah, we went one nil up. Then Oxford equalised. So then it went extra time. They scored. That's from a penalty from Taylor. Then they scored two in extra time. So it's three one, including Bowden, who used to play for us. So three one at extra time. You're thinking, nah, this game's gone. Then something magical happened. <laughs> We'd have brought on two subs, uh, uh, three subs, I think, after the third goal. Um, a guy called Sean Spence came on, scores. Uh, Aaron Collins also came on, scored, scored an absolute belter of a goal, by the way. And then in the in another in the part of that seven minutes of craziness, Sean Spence scored again and just sparked a pandemonium. <laughs> I mean, no one, I would walk out of the ground with the biggest grin on my face. I skipped into work the next day. I couldn't sleep because I was so excited. <laughs> Fallon also won that night as well. I think she beat Mensah. So I was. I came back and I was, oh no, it was the night when she won, won with the 170 checkout, wasn't the night she beat Mensah. Yeah. And I was just, I just had the biggest grin on my face. I was like, this is what the FA Cup's all about. Um, Magic of the FA Cup. We, we, we beat Sutton on, Tuesday, on Saturday. We came from 1-0 down and 1-2-1. So I was like, oh, yeah, finally, let's give us a good time. Anyway, that didn't happen. But that's the thing. I think FA Cup just brings up so many magical memories for me. I mean, when we got to the quarterfinals back in 2007-8, we beat, we beat Fulham, we beat Southampton, um, Fulham we won on a replay, um, and we took 7,000 up there, and we drew 2-2, and then we drew 0-0, and we won on a penalty shootout. Jimmy Bullard missed a penalty, so and that's thing, and that's thing. You look back, and those are really, really good memories. I know, I'm sure you've got some memories. Obviously, you've got the League Cup run this year, but I, I think I, I, I really don't care what anyone says. I think the FA Cup is really, really special. I think, especially for non-league teams as well, like Marine, for example, last year was yeah. what got in that they couldn't have the fans in, but that's really special for a team in you know Northwest Counties getting all the way to the third round and playing Tottenham on their own patch. Just really special. Yeah, yeah. I can remember when I was six and it was my birthday because me and my sister, our birthdays within a week of each other. So when I was six um, on the Saturday, uh, we had a joint birthday party at some some community centre. Gary, you probably were there. <laughs> but bear in mind, we were six. So I, I don't, maybe you don't remember. But I remember very vividly because that was the FA Cup final day and Sunderland were playing Liverpool. So everyone was playing passing the parcel and, you know, you know, all party games, you know. I can't remember anymore. <laughs> but, and I was sat watching the match because my dad had gone and I wanted to go, but I couldn't go because birthday party. Sat watching Sunderland get beat to North Liverpool. Went out, the, went out the party venue crying my eyes out went off. So, yeah. So, it's, it is. It's what it's all about, isn't it? And um, it's, it is still magical, even though I think, you know, the fan, majority of fans don't see it as, as what it was. But on magical, I think. I do think it's still what it was or is there something else you could bring in maybe a Champions League spot for the winners um, I think some teams don't treat it the way it should be because it is a prestigious trophy it's been around for a number of years and I think like you know a trophy's a trophy at the end of the day you know mm. we won the Papa John's trophy last year at the end of the day that's still a trophy for Sunderland Um, you know granted you know it hasn't got a reputation such as the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup but I think all teams should be taking it seriously. I know, I know Jurgen Klopp's a big fan of uh, letting Pep and Linders take control of the Liverpool team in the Carabao Cup. Will he do the same in the FA Cup? That'll be very interesting because to me that would show a little bit of disrespect towards 
what the FA Cup is. Granted, he's given them you know the managerial experience to do so, but I just don't think anyone, I don't think any manager should really be doing that. It's such a prestigious trophy in the English game that you know we should, every team should be taking it seriously. Granted, you know a lot of teams make changes, bring in the kids and stuff, give them a chance. Yeah, that's fine, but take the tournament seriously at the same time. Um, you know if you get knocked out, you get knocked out. You know the on on the day the better team won. Don't yeah. don't treat it like, oh well, we weren't really bothered about that. We're more focused on the league. Let's not treat mm-hmm. it that way because it's a prestigious trophy at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it is because the Champions League took over. I think you know, like, you know, a lot more money. You get a lot more money for getting four uh, in in the Premier League than you do with the FA Cup. And I think that's wrong. Um, but a, a little bit of a side note on the FA Cup. I've actually lifted it. Um, I don't know. I don't think Lucy have seen it. I'm on Twitter. Um, but Gary, I don't know if you've seen that, but uh, yeah, about Thanks three, about. four years ago now, outside of the pub where I was going to watch Sunderland, and there's a fans museum that were just down the road, and this guy was getting the FA Cup trophy out of the car, out of the car. In uh, the you car were next park. to a tree. I remember this. You were next to a tree. I was stood under a tree in a car park lifting the FA Cup. I'll, I'll send you the picture, Lucy, when uh, when we finish this. But uh, I have That's lifted brilliant. the FA Cup. So, yeah, I've got the um, echelons, you know, the legends of the game that I've hit at the FA Cup. So, um, yeah, a bit of a, bit of a um, claim and fame. But, yeah, Gary, um, are we finished enough with what we usually finished off with, Matt? Yeah, yeah, the usual baller and baller. Um, I mean, I, I'll let you and start with your baller of the week. Bollocks, I really thought about it. Um, <laughs> baller of the week. Um, uh, Ralph Rangic for the way he changed the way he changed the way Man United played. I thought Man United were excellent the other day. Um, you know, really, really enjoyed um, football and after a hard, a difficult week, I think for them. You know, especially I was quite sad to see Man got Carrick leave actually because I thought he did a very, very good job. Um, but fair play to him because he wanted to be loyal to Ole, and I, I was that's fair enough. Um, but I thought that that's what you want to see your Man United do. You know, play, you know, good, you know, aggressive, fancy football. So, uh, fair play to him, you know. So, I'm, I'm going to give it to him, I think. Cool. And Lucy, your baller of the week? Um, so, I'm going to go with Daryl Clark. So, yesterday we played Fort Vale. Um, we did lose. Uh, <laughs> we ended up down to nine men. I mean, that, that could be a whole discussion itself, but we weren't really <laughs> Um So, it was Daryl Clark. It was Vaz the Porto Athletic Club game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what happened in that game? Because the reserve keeper got sent off. Mashizan, how I, I looked at it and oh, I was like, "What happened?" That now, that yeah. like a great game. Yeah, sorry, carry on. Right. Um, yeah, so yeah, so obviously we played Port Vale yesterday, um, and it was Daryl Plot's first game back at Rovers since he left, um, and he, we, you know, we got to give him the the send off he deserved three years ago. Um, and it was quite emotional, actually, because he came around both before and after the game and mm. gave us a good clap. And he spoke really well and he said how his emotions were mixed. Um, you know, he knew how to do a professional performance, but, you know, I'll, I'll put this on paper now. He'll be back one day. He'll be back. <laughs> uh, I hope, I mean, to be fair, we had, um, we had Johnny on from the, from the Ale and the Bill podcast to do our season predictions. And he didn't think Bordville would do very well and they're in the top or second in the league. Uh, they're definitely top six. I know they, they all their strikers are injured now. Yeah. So they are struggling in that kind of sense. Um, and they were playing, they sent playing their centre mid, um, Ben Garrity up front yesterday. He scored two goals. Ah. Um, so I'm sure, I'm sure they'll be fine. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure once January comes in, 
this first port of call to get a striker in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm not I'm I mean he's won back to back uh manager of the month for September and October as well for League Two. So yeah, he's doing really well and uh, you know, he hasn't got the biggest budget. They had to they cut the ba- the the wage uh wage uh bill by a lot. Um but they've got a really good owner there, I think their chair chairwoman um works really really well. So yeah, I think he's you know, he's doing well and I'm fair play to him, I can't for that. Right. Everything yours then, Miss? Um, I'm I'm gonna have to give it to Jurgen Klopp, like, um, because at the end of the day, like Liverpool have played six in the Champions League and won six. I mean, when was the last time that happened? By it's the first the time an English club ever done it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't really realize it was the first time, uh, but I did, I knew it hadn't been done in a very very long time. And you know, credit's mm. got to go to Jurgen Klopp, and and you know what, right? He made a very very ballsy change in that team and brought Tyler Morton in and sent him mid. And Tyler Morton, you know, he had a brilliant game. Like, for his first game, his full Liverpool debut, he, yeah, I thought he played really, really well. And, you know, that's a testament, obviously, the coaching staff at Liverpool. And, you know, Jürgen's a big fan of, the, the you know, the setup and stuff. Um, So I can see, you know, Harvey Elliott, Tyler Morton getting, you know, a lot more game time when Harvey Elliott's back. I think he's back in training at the moment. Um, But, like, I think that's just a brilliant feat for Liverpool and Jürgen Klopp's you know, record, just another thing about his record, I guess, really. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, Lucy, will get your thoughts on this as well, as I know everyone's on a very, very good point, but not many teams win all six, is that you kind of, when you're qualified, you, you, you do play, you know, your reserves or something like that, but, to be fair to him, um, he, he still put, you know, Salah and Manny out and missed an injury, but, you know, he wanted to win that game, and it, it you know, even though it's, I, I only won six games, but, this isn't, you know, the most elite tournament in the world. It, it deserves a lot of credit, doesn't it? Yeah, I didn't actually realise they won all six. Obviously, I knew they were doing well. I knew they qualified. But I didn't actually realise they won all six until today, only because I hadn't... I knew they'd won last night, but I hadn't really, like, paid too much attention to it. So, yeah, that definitely deserves a lot of credit, actually, especially when you think... I don't think they had the easiest group. I don't think they had, like... A, they didn't have, like, a team full of, like, rubbishy teams. I mean, not rubbish because they got in the Champions League, but... You know, having an eighty around home and away, that's you know, not 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 an easy team to play. So yeah, I mean, can't begrudge them and you know, and this is the thing like Liverpool have got a good couple of youngsters, Elliot. I mean, Elliot was looking really decent up until his injury this year. Um and then obviously that you know, that young Morton, I I didn't obviously didn't see the game last night. Um, but that's the thing, like this is where if you give them the opportunities, if they take them, then you know, fair play to them. And, I mean, I've heard tonight with United, they're playing uh, young boys and their bench has got a load of young players on it, including Charlie Savage, who is the son of Robbie Savage. And yeah. he comes on and makes his debut. Yeah. You know, is is Zidane Iqbal on the bench? Is who, sorry? Zidane Iqbal. He is, yeah. yeah. first brush yourself Asian to, yeah. to I think I don't know if he's playing for United or he's playing in Champions League, but yeah. No, he'd be, yeah, he'd be, is he United? He, he scored against us in the um, in the Peter Cup this year, and he looked a very, very good player. Uh, but I loved his name; like it's a great name. Not like calling his sons and dad. It's great. <laughs> um, it's kind of it's kind of like giving him a little bit of uh, pressure just before he's even born. Like, but never mind. Um, Harry, do you want me to start with ball ache, or do you want to do you want to do you want to start it? Or no, I'll let you start with ball ache. Uh, definitely, mate. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I'm I'm gonna go off. This was actually a couple of weeks ago, but I I have only seen this yesterday, and this is a Brazilian player called Diverson. 
the Palmeiras, um, who they dived after getting tapped on the back off the referee and then rolled over pretending he'd been shot. Um, but it's just because I thought any player like that, like, God, you're an absolute pillock. But his name's Diverson. Just, I just think it's brilliant, you know. Like, like it's just, it's just so ironic, isn't it? How a player to, to do something like that's called Diverton, you know. So, so him for me, Mister Diverton. That's hilarious. <laughs> that I didn't even know that. that that's absolutely hilarious. It, it's like um a few weeks ago, like uh, the prime minister of a country put himself in his in his own team. I think it was like sixty eight year old. And like he played, I can't remember what the team is, but I heard it on um the Footy Misfits podcast, and I was like, I went and read about, it and I was like, that is crazy. Like he put himself in his own team and played. Obviously, they didn't give him the ball because he could barely kick a ball, but like, um, it was just funny. Uh, but Davis, Davis, I mean, it's, that's a brilliant name, that. It's a bit like the prime minister of your own country not knowing that Christmas party is taking place in his own house. <laughs> 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 the less said about that, the better, Gary. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, he he got some heat today, didn't he? He got a lot of heat. Uh, I'm, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's not even a sports podcast. Not even a football <laughs> one, but, oh, never mind. Um, yeah, um, it's an interesting turn, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go for a player. I'm just going to go for something related to football. I'm sure you all saw the Everton Arsenal game on a Monday night and the VAR decision for Richard's oh. second goal. Uh, Sheffield United would have stayed up and Villa would have gone down. 
something like that. Or, oh, no. or was it Newcastle? I can't remember. It was whoever was 17th last year. Whatever. Yeah. Go down. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And I mean, I'm, with VAR, I'm, I'm not sure on it. But I think need in in that truck where, where they have all these, you know, pick making decisions and that and the other. They need X players in, you know, because ex players will know what's a bad tackle this. I mean, because, I mean, it wasn't even just the goals on, on Monday night. I mean, Dan Godfrey shouldn't have been on the pitch because he stamped on Jimmy Asim's oh, yeah, face. that was a terrible decision. That, that, yeah. that was a blatant record, and he knows that as well. So, yeah, that's that's saying it. it, it in, in the end, obviously, I was, I was glad that Everton really won, but mm. it, if they hadn't have won, I would have actually felt really great for them because they actually played well, and some of the decisions were just horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Gary, it's your turn to finish us off in style, mate. Uh, well, I don't think there's anything stylish about uh, Kyle Walker's kick out last night. Like, um, I mean, I wouldn't have liked to have been in that dressing room because Pep looked looked absolutely raging about it. Um, why? I don't know what he was thinking. What? Why did he kick out at the uh, the the Leipzig player? I have no idea what he was actually thinking there, but it was just silly. And now, obviously, misses. The next game, which I think's round of sixteen, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the first so, leg. Yeah, and so whoever they get in the draw, which I presume would be next week. Yeah, and yeah, you know, it's next week. Yeah, Kyle Walker's actually been in really good form, and what Pep said is he's like one of our most important players, and mm. to be sent off and to miss the round of sixteen, it, it it's just silly. It's stupid. Like, what was he actually thinking? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's absolutely stupid. But it cost me Daddy's coupon as well last night. So my dad was fuming. Um, but yeah, he's he'll learn. Well, he's not. He'll learn. He's he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's an experienced know. player. Like yeah. he is better. Yeah, you would imagine if it was one of the kids, fair play. Well, not really fair play, but you can understand it. Yeah, it's not condoned. Whereas that was just silly. Yeah. A dead rubber as well. You know, it's just it, the thing what Gary just said there. He's going to miss the next game. It's cost him. Probably might cost his team. And then and now. Whoever comes in for him, if he has a blind there, you will not get back in the team. So it's yeah. Um but yeah, that, that's about it, Gary, isn't it? It is indeed, mate. It is indeed yes. episode thirty three coming to a close, mate. And then what we've got <laughs> one more episode before we're we're having a little bit of a sabbatical over Christmas, uh hiatus, so to speak, and then we'll be back in the new year. Uh, yeah, I... next one's gonna be the uh League of Their Own Style podcast quiz. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just while Lucy's on, I mean, obviously we'll have to we'll have to have a think about it is it is due to record next week whether the data might have the data on in the background or something like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's Team Gary. I don't know if we're naming team names or something. I've got a hell of a team name for us, like, but it's Team Gary, which, which will be Lucy um, and Sacrifice. So Gary's picked very very well there. To be fair, to us. Um, you I'm very know, happy with um, yeah, that's that's a great set up against myself, um, Neil Littlewood and Charlotte Pomani. So um which again I think that's I think I think we're gonna surprise a few I think we're gonna surprise a few people. But we've got um Stephen N coming on to be our um our quiz master. I know Stephen is hard at work now, um, you know, preparing this quiz. So, you know, we'll have to come up with a forfeit for for one of us like whoever loses. Um yeah, for me or you. You know what I mean, Gary, because obviously we're the host yeah. of this pod, but Team Gary versus Team Ant. Um, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna think of a team name. I have got a couple of good ones at the minute, but 
I can't wait for it. I think it should be it should round off our year in style. I think uh, it really should be good. But we'll um we'll leave that for next week. And I, I just want to thank Lucy once again for coming on. Um, it's been a lot of a chat once again. Thank yeah, you so much. Thank and, you for your time. Um, again, massive um massive deuces for the uh, game too. You know, it's still you know still making massive inroads. So it's brilliant. Yeah, I've just yeah, seen as well, yeah. Lucy, that you've uh, announced a partnership with a team. I think in the Middle East. Yeah, so it's um, an academy, um, they're called the 24N Academy and they're based in Bahrain um, and a guy called Sean got in touch with us to say, oh, they really want to get the, the shirt, um, like the logos out there, they want to, you know, get out there um, to Bahrain, like they're, um, in terms of, you know, football, they're kind of building up, uh, They've their women's team actually qualified for the World Cup and yeah, they were like really, really keen. They're putting on more female football sessions, so they're really keen to partner up. So yeah, that was that was really, really exciting. And we actually announced a new partnership just today with Carlisle United, so another in the Ooh. in the northeast. So it's another one in the football league to Umbria. Umbria. <laughs> it's just, you know, I mean, I'll two hour drive. <laughs> Scotland, I, one of my races is a Carlisle fan. I don't want to disrespect yeah. them, but yeah, far, far away. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, but like I said, it, it just keeps, it's going from strength to strength. So absolutely, absolutely massive. Just very, very quickly from my end as well before we go, Gary, I need to um, uh, plug the Roger Report for the massive work that they're doing for the Summer Community Soup Kitchen at the moment. Um, they've raised over £34,000, which is unbelievable. Uh, I'm going down to the Soup Kitchen on Friday uh, with a couple of guys from Roger Report um, to help out. So, and you know, listen, I've been there once or twice this year and the, the work, the money goes such, such a long way, but it's been, it's been huge. But what they are planning on doing, um, I'm going to get no sleep. It's like Friday night, they're doing a 24 hour spaces. They've got loads of guests coming in, ex-Sunderland players, you know, guests from all over. So, for anyone who is doing nothing on, on Friday night, even if you're not into football, just give it a listen because there's going to be other things that's going on and everything. There's some great guests. So, but, uh, fair play to um, my colleagues at Roger Report for that. Um, but yeah, I'm done for that. <laughs> no, no, I think, that's, uh, <clears throat> I think that's a great way to uh, leave it. Obviously, Lucy. Uh, we'll, we'll be speaking to you very, very shortly in regards to the, the quiz. And again, once again, thank you for taking the time out of your day to come on to the Walla Ball Lake podcast again. Uh, so thank you very much for your time. And obviously, and as always, mate, always a pleasure.